What's up, everyone, and welcome to this episode of A Whole Lot of BS presented by Revolution Sports Performance. Today, I'm joined by Josh Graber, who is the Director of Business Operations at Dynamic Sports Training in Houston, Texas, and they also have an Arizona branch as well. Uh, I really just wanted to sit down with Josh to get someone's opinion that is actually uh, in the business field or the business side of things of the sports sports performance field to see what, what they are doing as a company uh, during this time. Obviously, we cannot have direct contact with athletes. So um, wanted to get the, the insight to um, you know how they were handling their business plan during the pandemic, what they were doing as far as online training, uh, how they were handling their finances. Just try to get some information like that, um, selfishly for myself. And I feel like there's a lot of people in our position too, where um, obviously no one knows exactly what to do during this time. So any information can help. Someone like Josh who actually deals with the business side of things every day I thought would, would provide a really good insight and he did. Um, so I was very excited about that. We talked about everything from how they make a preference um, or, or an emphasis on viewing clients uh, in a relational matter as opposed to just transactional and how that has positively affected their business during this time. Um, and we also talk about just the overall change of mindset that I think everyone has had, as far as investing in your own business and saving money, obviously saving now becomes a lot more important with the what might happen um, idea in your head. Uh, we also get into the government assistant programs for small businesses. I wanted to try to wade through that um, issue because obviously there's a lot going on and not many people really understand. Uh, I've had the privilege to talk to quite a few people that are CPAs, financial advisors, and even they're not 100% sure about some topics. So I've gone through the process, Josh has gone through the process and looked at a few different things and obviously he understands that stuff better than I do. So just wanted to get some information out to you guys on, on those topics and on part two, we'll circle back around to talk about business when life is back to normal. And then we look at what, uh, what, what are some of the things that he does for DST and, and some of the tools that he uses to make their business so successful. So hope you guys enjoy this. I hope everyone's staying safe. Um, staying quarantined, uh, obeying the social distancing um, practices, you know, just, just working together to get through this thing. Keep the faith. I, I think things are going to turn around here pretty soon. And, uh, you know, it, it could be a lot worse. So um, trying to take a glass half full approach to these, um, these types of things and find the silver linings and all the issues. So without further ado, Josh Graber. All right. Today we're here with Josh Graber. He is the Director of Business Operations at Dynamics uh, Sports Training in Houston. Um, Josh works with Lee Fiocchi, who I've mentioned on the podcast a few times, big influence in my professional development, and also with Kevin Poppy, who's been on um, the podcast before. So uh, I wanted to get Josh on and talk some business with everything that's going on in the world right now, especially in the strength and conditioning field where we can't have any physical contact or coaching with our clients. Just try to figure this whole thing out and uh, hopefully provide some information because um, I've been talking to business people about like the small business loans and all that sort of thing. And no one seems to really have all the answers. So it's like, yeah, I think that's right. So wanted to bring on someone that actually, um, works in business and, uh, knows what he's talking about instead of me just getting on here and running my mouth. So thanks for joining me, Josh. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to be here, man. Uh, so you, you started working with dynamic sports training in 2014 and you are were the first and are still the only director of business operations. So let's talk about um, just kind of how you came to get that position and, um, you know, how you got involved with the company. Yeah, for sure. So um, summer of 2014, uh, Kevin Poppy, 
gave me a call and said, Hey, we're, uh, we're expanding to a second location. And, um, one of the guys who was, who was helping run everything from the business standpoint, uh, was leaving the company around the same time. And so that was not a great, uh, great combination for them at the time. And so, um, I'd been working on my own business for the previous four years, uh, that I had started with a, a friend of mine from college. And, um, so yeah, they basically said, Hey, we, we'd like just have someone come in and really help us with this transition as we expand to a second location. And so I went in and I met with Kevin and I met with Lee and, um, seemed like a really good fit and it's something that, you know, DST I was aware of. Um, so going back, you know, I went to high school with Kevin. I don't know if you knew that or not. Yeah, um, I knew you guys had some type of old friendship, but I didn't know where it started. Yeah. So we, we've gone back a, a long ways. And so, you know, I'd, I'd kept up with DST and I was familiar with, you know, some of the clients they'd worked with. And I was just always fascinated with Kevin's stories from work and everything. And, um, I'd actually done some offsite programming and training with them, um, before joining the team. And so I came in, met with Lee, met with Kevin, seemed like a great fit. It was something I was passionate about. Um, so talked about it, prayed about it and, um, decided to take the job and fast forward six years and, here I am still here. So what did you study in college? So my degree was in marketing. Okay. Uh, and that was the business that I had started prior to DST. We were a, a marketing firm. Cool. Awesome. Uh, so you come in in 2014 and uh, I know talking to Lee specifically, he's mentioned that uh, there's a huge change and um, with, with how the business was run and, and you were a huge, you are a huge reason why the business is where it is today. So how did you write the ship or go from, uh, you know, take a company that basically didn't have much of a business direction uh, to get it back on track? Obviously great product, but a lot of times in the strength conditioning field, you have a great product with people that don't know how to market it or handle the business side of things. So what were some of the, the things that you came in and, and you implemented right away? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I definitely wouldn't say I righted the ship. You know, I think, like you said, it's a great product, great service. Um, I really think they just didn't have anybody dedicated to the internal side of things. You know, there's a um, pretty famous book. You probably read it, the, the E-Myth um, of entrepreneurs who constantly, you know, they're really good at what they do at their craft, Yeah. but they consistently work, um, you know, in the company and they don't get a chance to work on the company. Yeah. You know, I think that's what I was able to, you know, I was able yeah. to provide for you. Uh, Lee, Lee's, Lee had quoted that to me years ago, and it's something that uh, stuck with me ever since. I remember the conversation I had with him when he said that. So, sorry, keep yeah. going. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's exactly what ended up happening. Is um, you know, Ke Kevin's a, a great business mind, but he's um, you know he's really really good at what he does from a training aspect, and so you spend forty hours a week coaching, programming, training. You know, you you can't do that, and then also yeah. have a full job trying to, to work on the business, and so. Um, you know, I was able to come in and, and help give some fresh eyes and, and, um, some fresh ideas and obviously learn a lot. I mean, there was a, a very steep learning curve on my end because I did not know the industry. I did not know, um, anything from, you know, what DST was really doing. You know, I, I knew sports. Okay. But I didn't know training. Yeah. So I learned a lot from Lee. I learned a lot from Kevin. And as we grew, I learned a lot from the rest of the coaches there, um, and yeah, I was able to, to take what I learned from them, 
with my you know prior experience and put it together and collectively as a team we built some good processes and um it's still a work in progress right six years later we're not uh, it's not perfected but we've definitely improved okay so let's go ahead and hop into what we're going through right now with this pandemic um so i wanted to start off just by hearing your thoughts of you know it's i remember this process of it being like one day the ivy league canceled their sports for the rest of the spring right. and i was thinking i was like what, what's wrong with those people like wh- what are they scared of what's going on like that's ridiculous and then like in a matter of two days the ncaa had canceled like everything so you know that's that's where i remember starting thinking like okay is this really gonna actually be something or is this something that's just overseas and might have some type of indirect effect on on us as a country and, and me personally so as that started happening, take me through the thought process from the, the business side of things of where your mind was going and how you're trying to prepare the business to potentially um, go through a shutdown period. Yeah. So I think, you know, kind of like you, we we're all in the same boat of starting to see those dominoes fall, right? Just kind of one step after the next, the sports industry, the entire world started kind of shutting down. Um, and so there were a lot of conversations. There were a lot of late night phone calls um, among, you know, Lee and, and Poppy and myself and um, trying to figure out, okay, what's in the best interest of our team? What's in the best interest of our clients? Um, and, and how do we navigate through this? And so um, at the very beginning of it, you know, what we did is we, we put together some additional protocols and processes to make sure that we were, um, doing our part to, you know, flatten the curve, which is a, tr- a trendy new uh, phrase, but it's, it's the uh, functional training of the world now. That's right. <laughs> and so, yeah, we, you know, we did our best. We, we made sure that everyone wore gloves. We checked everyone's temperature when they came in. Uh, we limited group sizes, practiced social distancing, did all of that um, so we could stay open. And then as the timeline, you know, creeped in late March, um, here in Texas, Governor Abbott, you know, said, all right, we've got to shut down all gyms, which we, you know, we don't consider ourselves a gym. We're a right. training facility, but, you know, to, to the outside world, we're a gym. And so um, that, you know, with that decision, there, you know, came more late night phone calls, more discussions. And it basically came again, shut down and just say, hey, we're just going to wait this out, see how long this lasts. Uh, or we can respond strategically and, and do what we can. And so, we opted for the latter. And so we set up a total online platform. So we decided, Hey, let's, let's continue our business as usual to the best of our ability. You know, so what, what sets DST apart, what people who know who DST is, what they know us for is our ability to tailor programs to the individual and everything's customized. We have a very in-depth assessment process and everybody has their own workout program, their own training program. And so, um, you know, Poppy and Lee and, and some of our other um, directors and head strength coaches came together and said, okay, how can we still offer this product? And so, you know, we, we decided, hey, we can still do assessments. Uh, we can't do hands-on assessments, but we can still do a lot of visuals um, through technology, right? What we're doing right now. Yeah. They can still see you um, miles apart. And so same thing with our, with our athletes. We can train. We can assess from afar. Obviously, it's not ideal. We don't have our facilities. Um, so it takes a little bit more legwork. 
Um, but that was the direction we just decided to go. Hey, let's offer an online training platform for all of our athletes. Um, and so that's added some wrinkles, um, but it's, it's been challenging and it's been fun because there are extra steps, right? So, you know, yeah. if we're going to program for Ferris Stover, we got to say, okay, not only, you know, how does your body move? Not only is he jacked. <laughs> not only is he jacked. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, not, not only do we need to see, you know, where you are physically and uh, nutritionally, but we also need to know now, okay, well, what do you have access to? Right? Because yeah. you're not coming into our facility. We can't coach you. Um, so, you know, what do you have equipment wise? Um, all these different things that are added now, um, but it allows us to still have our coaches get creative with their programming. And we've got kids who are doing a set of hamstring curls, uh, you know, on a slide board, they're doing it on carpet with a paper plate underneath their feet. Right. And, and so it's, it's the same exercise, the same thought process, but it's a lot more creative with the programming. So what, when you say online training platform, what, what do you, what does you, DST's online training platform look like? Is it an app? Is it Zoom calls with a coach taking through, you know, a group of guys through some stuff for an hour? What what exactly are you guys doing with that? Yeah, so there's there's a variety of things we're doing. Um, primarily, it's through Zoom. So we do have um, different time slots throughout the day. So whether you're a high school kid, college kid, you can come in and you can and book a session, either a private session or a semi-private session. And get in front of a coach. So our coaches have different availabilities throughout the entire day. Um, you know, if you were an existing member and you were comfortable working with Sammy, you're probably going to book one of Sammy's sessions. Yeah. If you're a new client, you come in and you say, Hey, I'm available at one o'clock. I'm going to jump in at one o'clock and whoever that is, you know, well, that's Kevin Williams. All right. I'm going to jump in with Kevin. I'm going to go through a session. So we have one-on-one still available and then we have semi-private. So no more than four athletes at a time right? Our coach comes in. If it's an existing client, we know what their program is. We've got all that information on the cloud. So we pull up Barrett Stover, right? He's in, pull up his program. Josh Graber's in here. I'm going to pull up his program. And I should know, right? I have all this yeah. information available now. I know exactly what uh, workout they're going to be going through. I know what they have access to in their home gym, or if it's just all body weight stuff with, like I said, paper plates and whatnot, then I know that. And I can watch them work out. I can give them tips, right? I can correct different movements they're doing, answer questions, and they can still train with a coach right there, encouraging them, giving them information they need. Great. Um, yeah, that's awesome. And then we also have online, you know, for our, not more advanced, but our, um, you know, longer term clients, guys who have been with us for a long time, we have different programs that we'll just send out and they'll do it. And if they have questions, they can call. Yeah. All of our coaches pretty much are on call now. You know, if yeah. they're not in the, one of those three or four hour windows where they're coaching virtually on Zoom, they're available. So there's the customer services has picked up quite a bit too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so as you see this progressing, and we obviously have no idea what the next few months look like, whether it's this until May 1st or August 1st or whenever, you know, it could possibly end. How do you manage when things come back around to being somewhat normal and you have obviously a lot of clients who's them, they themselves have lost jobs or family, mom and dad, you know, unemployed during this time. 
how do you manage financially, especially taking care of those guys and saying, Hey, we know you're in a hard time. You've been a faithful client. We want to help you out, but you also have to make a bottom line. So have you guys even thought about that yet of, yes, this person's, you know, mom and dad got laid off for three months. We can give them a free month or, you know, Hey, this guy, his parents work the whole time should be good to go. Has, has that thought process even come up yet? Um, so yes and no. So the nice thing is, you know, you, you've talked to Lee, you've talked to Poppy. We're, uh, we lead with our faith quite a bit. Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we feel like everything that happens has happened for a reason. You know, this is, this is all part of God's plan. And um, oftentimes things happen years, you know, years ago, and then you start to realize, okay, that's why those things happened back then to prepare us for this moment now. And um, so especially, answer, especially easy to understand this weekend being Easter. Oh yeah. Especially easy to understand. Um, so I guess the, the quick answer is we, we've been doing that, right? So we've, um, we, we attack or we approach every new relationship with a new client as a partnership. Right. This is not a transaction. This is not something that you pay us for this service and that's it. Right. It, it's a deeper relationship. We want to get to know our athletes. We want to work with them for a long time. We're invested in them um, personally, obviously, you know, professionally and, and financially. And um, and so we've had several athletes, whether it's high school kids or minor league guys, who say, Hey, I can't swing this payment this month, or I can't swing this amount for a six month term. Can you work with us? And we've, as long as, you know, as, as so far as it depends on us, we've done it right. We, we pride ourselves in our ability to work with these guys and we want to, we want to work with as many athletes as we can. Right. And so the, our bottom line is, is more relationship based than it is revenue based. Um, so when that time comes, we've got a lot of experience dealing with that. You know, we'll cut yeah. deals. We'll do what we can to make sure that money's not the only thing keeping them from training with us. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's where I always struggle. It's like, I definitely want to think along the same lines, but at the same time we've got bills to pay. So, you know, sure. in an ideal world, I think we would all train everyone for free and there's a billionaire backing it and just provides what we need. But yeah. in reality, um, you know, like I, I want to pay my employees well. I can't pay my employees well if I'm giving everyone a discount. So it's something that goes back and forth in my head of how do I build relationships with people that are not privileged enough to afford the full cost and how do I not take advantage of my employees then by, you know, abusing their, their time and that sort of thing. So. Right. At, at some point, yeah, at some point you can't have a gym full of scholarship or, or free. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that, that is a, a line you have to walk. Um, but again, a lot of our clients are, have been with us a long time. And so we have a very open line of communication with them and say, and we know, you know, kind of where they are, you know, there aren't going to be that many question marks or surprises. Yeah. Or people lying. lying to you or something like that. Yeah. So, you know, we'll have a good idea of the clients who have been gainfully employed and can afford the training versus those yeah. who've been going through a really, really rough time. And so, um, but you know, you hit on a very important, very important point is, you know, something we do is we call it protecting the pack. But we make sure that we protect our team and do what we can. And so one thing we've been able to do uh, recently, and we've had some good success with it, thanks to um, 
some very generous people in our circles is we created a scholarship fund, um, donation scholarships tuition, DST. Um, and so some of our pro athletes have given to it. Some of our families have given it to it. But it basically is that exact thing. It offsets some of that burden from us. So when someone comes in, they can't afford training, we're able to pull from that pool that someone else has given to to cover the cost of their training too. So that's been very helpful. Um, we just started that at the beginning of the year and we had a lot of people give to that. And yeah, uh, yeah we, we were, I've been talking to some people about um, the ability to set that up and myself and the facility that I work in turn to have thrown around that idea and actually do it with um, one foundation and one kid right now. But um, something that'd be really cool to do down the road, like you said, because it, gives you a little bit of the best of both worlds. People have a few, people can maybe be able to give a hundred bucks for the year, you know, and then obviously if a few people do that, it adds up to where you can, you know, get at least a little bit of a payment for someone that might need to work out for on, on a full scholarship. So yeah, I love that really cool idea. For sure. Um, with, with the idea of providing those scholarships for people and, um, trying to work with everyone as much as possible. Do you feel like there, you, that you have to deal with any backlash from clients being like, well, why don't, well, can I, can I get a discount? Why does this person pay this amount? Or do you think that you guys are just so open about it that most people understand what's going on? Yeah, I think uh, by and large, most people understand kind of what our approach is and, and why we do what we do. Um, that said, you're always going to have people who don't have the same approach as us, right? You know, we, we view it as, a, a long-term relationship. Um, but at the end of the day, not everyone is going to come into this and say, Hey, I want to be part of the DST family. You know, they're here to, for one thing, they're here to get stronger. They're here to, you know, reach their goals from an athletic standpoint. And it's not as much of a give take relationship, um, which is fine. Like everyone has customers like that. Everyone has clients like that. Um, but we do our best to set expectations. And I think, that's helped, you know, down the road. Um, but yeah, there, there's always going to be people who don't understand or who, who they want the discount or they want cheaper training, all that. Um, and you just got to deal with that on a case by case basis. I feel like. For sure. How has your mindset changed as far as saving money, uh, upgrading the business, you know, those type of financial principles that I'm sure you guys have in place when something like this happens, does it, have you looked back and be like, wow, we actually need to be ready for a pandemic if something like that happens and, you know, like have a few extra bucks in the saving account instead of, you know, trying to upgrade as much or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we certainly weren't thinking, you know, along those lines a couple of months ago, right. Uh, most other people weren't either. Um, but you know, I think how this will change going forward, I think, um, I don't know. I think our focus will, will still be the same, you know, and, and that is to take care of our customers and to take care of our team. If we can do those two things, you know, everything else will take care of itself. And so, um, but yeah, I mean, th there definitely are some financial things that go into that and say, all right, maybe we need to be a little bit more conservative on, like you said, saving up, um, building up a little bit of a nest egg. Um, and I think that's kind of going to be one of those things that, Hey, let's, let's weather this storm and then we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, but those will definitely be conversations that, that take place here in the next, you know, the next few months for sure. Yeah. I mean, you read stuff when I was 
getting ready to start the business, you hear like, oh, Bezos invested all of his money back in the company. You know, basically had made it sound like he had zero dollars left at the end of the year every year. Yeah. And uh, it's like, no, I get that concept. But then something like this happens. It's like, well, if you do that all the time, you might be out of business. You have to shut your doors after a month or two of what's going on right now. So sure. um, something I've been thinking about too, where it, we, it happened to us probably in the best possible time as far as our company goes. But um, moving forward, I want to make sure that I'm not, you know, like being too aggressive with uh, upgrading equipment or something like that. Sure. And, and so for us, you know, when we say, we have invested back in the company. It's been primarily into our employees. Um, and I think that's really paid off for us right now is that we've got a team that is filled with really hardworking individuals and they're really loyal. Um, and we've had several team meetings on zoom. We've got 16 screens up and we're talking through what we're doing, why we're doing it. And it's been really cool to see everyone has been on board. Everyone is doing everything they can to make sure that we make it to the end of this storm because everyone wants to see DST survive this storm. Um, you know, I haven't had a single conversation with anyone saying, Hey, I'm going to start looking for other jobs or, Hey, I, you know, I just, I'm not sure if we're going to make it through this, I'm going to be planning X, Y, and Z. Um, and so I think that pays off too, right? When you invest into your people, when the tough times come, they invest right back into you. So yeah. they're all on board with everything, anything we need to do, uh, to make it through this, we're all on board. With the small business loans that the government has uh, started over the last couple of weeks, have you gone through that application process yourself yet for the, the business? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> so uh, we've started it. I've got all the paperwork done. Um, everything that I've read, and I've got some friends who are in the financial industry, and they've all recommended recommended that you go through your bank. And so um, while we've completed all the paperwork, we've got everything ready to go. Our bank has not yet been able to accept our application. The website keeps crashing and uh, have not gotten a chance to get you know, a hold of anyone who has actually been able to process our application. Yeah. Um, and so that's been you know, going for a week strong now. Um, so that's been a little bit frustrating, but, you know, at the same time, we've done everything we can internally to make sure that we can survive um, another couple months without the loan. So we're not completely dependent on it, uh, but it is something that we're we're looking to do as a you know kind of insurance for us. For sure. What if anything have you found? Like, I guess what if someone was looking, listening to this, and saying, "Hey, I haven't found it, filled mine out yet." What kind of advice or tips or frequently asked questions, stuff like that? What would you say to those people? to guide them through filling it out. Yeah. So I would say just make sure that you get in touch with either your bookkeeper, if you don't do that in-house um, and get all your financial documents in front of you. There's some really good resources out there, some YouTube videos out there um, that walk you through exactly what you need. You know, so for the one that's most beneficial for us, cause there are a lot of different options for you out there, right? There's the EIDL, there's the PPP and, and so we're going with the, the paycheck protection plan, the PPP, because um, that's our biggest expense, right? Yeah. It's payroll. So for us, that's the best option for other businesses. It may be, you know, something else out there, um, but it really is pretty formulaic. You know, it's, it, there are system, you know, there's videos out there and there's a bunch of kind of walkthroughs online that you can find that just say, Hey, you need to find your payroll expenses. Um, and that includes all your, 
benefits that you provide, whether that's health insurance, whether that's, um, you know, retirement, which we do both of those things. And so there's, in theory, you know, once you get that application accepted and if you get the loan, um, they're willing to help you out with a lot of things, you know, that that'll go towards our paycheck. It'll go towards all of our benefits. It can help us with our rent. Um, so there's a lot of, of pain points that they're trying to meet and trying to help ease, but still TBD for us. Yeah. I was just surprised how simple the application was. Whenever I see something like it's paperwork. So you were able to go through it? Yeah. I, I, when I see paperwork from the government, I shudder a little bit because I, well, I hate, I hate that sort of thing. Like I, just my mind doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, I'm very fortunate. My dad's a CPA and financial advisor. So he helps me out with all this stuff. Uh, and I've talked, I talked to quite a few people that were either in the financial industry, like you said, or were also small business owners that went through it. So got little nuggets here and there from some people. It was very simple. You just have to sit down and read and make sure that you check the right boxes and, um, you know, understand. I mean, most of the stuff's like, have you committed a felony in the last couple of years? And you know, right. it's pretty straightforward stuff. Like you don't have to have a financial background to understand it. And then it's just simple math. It's like your, your, how much do you pay your employees every month? Multiply that by two and a half. And then that's the kind of the number that you're applying for the loan for. Um, the only thing I was surprised about is, or I was expecting was that you would attach your financial forms onto the application. Yeah. And with my bank, bank of America, they said, you don't do that you have to wait till someone emails you and then you fit, send in your W2s and your financial records and those sort of things. Right. Yeah, so, so that was, that was the only thing that kind of caught me off guard. Yeah. That, that's the same thing our bank did. So we bank with Chase and uh, they, they've provided a lot of good resources saying, Hey, all these forms could help you, but you don't have to attach it. Um, essentially if, if we feel like you need to defend these numbers, then we will, Yeah, you know, ask for all that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, at first, right, a week ago when it, when it was first announced and it was first available, it was pretty daunting because it wasn't like a W-2. It wasn't, you know, you'd never seen it before. Mm-hmm. And um, so then, yeah, you just, just got to dig a little bit. And then, like you said, it's pretty straightforward after that. And I think the other thing is just they actually did a really good job with explaining which program would be best for you on the government website, on the SBA.gov. So I think too, like you said, the EIDL is, if you read it, then it's pretty straightforward that you would get a max of $10,000. You know, that's potentially, you shouldn't have to pay that back, Um, but that it's capped at 10,000 and it seems more immediate. Is that correct? Like if you you need quicker relief, that's the way to go? That was the understanding I had. Um, And we opted out of that. While you can do the EIDL and the PPP, they can't, can't both go towards the same thing. And so for us, you know, the only thing we really need help with is, um, is payroll. Yeah. And so, you know, the PVP, you know, capped at 10 million, not that we're going to need 10 million. Um, that seemed like the better route goes be able to get our hands on a little bit more than 10,000. Right. And my understanding too, was if you did get the EIDL, then potentially the 10,000 would be taken out of whatever you get for the PPP. Right. So if you apply for 15,000 for the PPP and you got the 10 from EIDL, you'd only get five grand more. Right. So, it's, uh, it was more of an instant relief. Okay. Yeah. And then the, the other thing I'd add to this too, um, this conversation is continue to research and, and find other resources because, um, you know, we're here in Houston, which is in Harris County and Harris County is now offering something independent of oh, wow. yeah. PPP. Um, basically the same format, but they've said, Hey, you know, federal government, who knows how long it's going to take to do all this and process all this. So this is something that you can apply for very similar to the, PPP 
and it can be independent of it. So, you know, we're, we're also checking that route out as yeah, well. I hadn't thought about that at all. So that helps me out a ton. Um, yeah. and it's, it's stuff like, <laughs> I think I heard this morning on the radio with the, uh, $1,200 that everyone's supposed to get. It was yeah. like, yeah, if, if it's a direct deposit, then you should get it this week. And if it's a check, they'll mail it to you September 11th. And it's like, well, that's like a, it's like a five month difference. Is there not any like June, right. June 15th date that they can mail me the check? Cause you know, like people need money, then should need it now. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not September 11th. No, it doesn't mean no good. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, to your point, make sure you check all avenues, especially if there's something quicker. Um, do you guys have anyone on staff that's 1099 and, um, if you know one way or the other, did you include that in your PPP? Um, yeah, so we do have a, a handful, um, 1099 contractors, employees. And um, yes, we did. We included that as well. Um, based on what I was saying, it seemed like that's the way to go. So if they're still on staff, include their payroll. Great. So I know a lot of a lot of places that have 1099s or contractors, they may have furloughed or laid them off or are no longer paying yeah. know, that payroll. So um yeah. Yeah. No, I think people jumped a gun on that before they realized, cause I, I don't know if it was just a misunderstanding, but it seemed like maybe when it first came out, everyone thought that 1099 employees would not be included. Right. And I don't know if someone just misread that or if they added the, the 1099s in there as well. Yeah. So. I'm not sure, but that was my understanding. Again, everything was so unclear when it yeah. first was announced. And, and uh, I think, you know, even banks are playing catch up still today. For sure. Learn exactly what's going on because it was announced up here and then the trickle down it's taken yeah. some time to for everybody to understand, okay, what is this program? What's my role in it? How can we get, you know, all that stuff taken care of? So I'm with you. I, I at first thought 1099s would not be included in it. Um, but yeah, for our application, we're definitely. No, that, I think that'll help a lot of people. Um, general advice again for moving forward, everyone's in the same position we are with gyms. I think across nationwide, I believe there's nowhere that you can legally uh, have people be coming in on a regular basis and, and uh, operate as usual. So what kind of, what kind of advice would you give from this point going forward to other gym owners? Um, I think maybe the biggest one is don't make it about you. You know, I think, you know, we find ourselves in, in a really crazy time. There's over 10 million unemployed across the country. And so we're all in a, a very bad boat. But the reality is that your customers, your clients, uh, families who you work with, are, it's very likely that they are as well. So um, one thing that we have done is we've actually reached out individually to every single athlete who works with us, phone call, email, one of our staff members has called them to check in on them, see how they're doing. Um, first and foremost, you know, are you guys going through a rough time? Have you been laid off? All that kind of learning what they're doing to adjust to, to this new normal. Um, and then relay what we're doing. Hey, here, here's what we can offer you, um, even though we're not, our doors aren't open. Um, to just check in, have a touch point with them. Um, and again, just show them that, hey, this, the relationship matters more than the revenue from them. Um, so I think that's a big one is this is such a, a relationship-based industry that you got to show them that you care and then offer them any help you can, you know, during this time. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, 
talking to, you know, you can hear it in some parents' voices that I've talked to on the phone where they desperately want their kid to keep going, but they just don't know if they can do it. So, um, you know, being able to work with people like that, like you said, it makes it much less transactional and much more relational, which will, for what we're trying to do, be very beneficial. And if it's just good business sense, like if someone trusts and believes in you as a person and knows that you're trying to do right, then they're going to trust you with their kid a lot more than they will someone down the street just because they think they might be running a better deal or something like that. For sure. Really good stuff from Josh there. Um, really enjoyed talking to him. I obviously have had uh, Kevin on from DST before and have spoken a lot about Lee. So good to get the business guy in on this conversation. Um, a company that I have the utmost respect for in dynamic sports training and uh, really try to copy a lot of their stuff. So um, thanks, Josh, for coming on. I know things are crazy. And uh, even though the business is shut down, I'm sure on your end, it's uh, actually more chaotic for you on a day-to-day basis. So thanks for making some time for me and uh, sharing all your insight. Again, next week we will be talking about, or later this week, I'll probably post it or first of the week next week, sometime in the next few days. I'll post the second half of this uh, interview with Josh where we actually talk about um, the normal life scenarios and what happens when we get back to work uh, and just some things that some mistakes Josh has made in the past and just how he runs uh, the the business side for DST. He crushes that as well. I'm excited to have that information and share that with you guys next week. Stay safe. Enjoy Easter Sunday. And thanks as always for listening.